Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to creative people, all different kinds, about how they do their thing and how they keep it going through all the ups and downs and highs and lows. And today my guest is one of my favorite performers, John Cantwell. Uh, he's got a show coming up at the Cavern Club Theater here in Los Angeles, Love Connie, Extreme Makeover, Greatest Hits, Volume 1, and the art for the postcard is inspired by Olivia Newton-John's Greatest Hits, Volume 2, which I am a proud owner of and have always been. Um, but John has created this amazing character of, of Connie Slocum, a.k.a. Love Connie, who tells stories through dance and video and it's just so original so funny so entertaining and i just can't get enough of love connie so before i talk to him all about that um i want to encourage you to check out dennisanyone.net uh there you can see all the past podcasts archived i post pictures that go along with the podcast i took a couple of pictures at john's place because he has this amazing collection of pop culture posters debbie harry things things like that so I'll post those on DennisAnyone.net. You can also donate to my virtual tip jar, which is very appreciated, and it helps me pay for the expenses that come up with the podcast. And uh, I'd also like to get a plug-in for the Mismatch Game, which is coming to the Gay and Lesbian Center in Los Angeles, if you're here, this Friday and Sunday. No show Saturday. And uh, you can learn about that. Um, I guess the best place is L.A., GayCenter.org, uh, and then look under On Our Stages. Or you can find the um, Dennis Hensley's The Mismatch Game Facebook page. But that's this coming weekend. Um, I also have a Patreon club, and once a month I post a special episode just for Patreon club members. It's all new, exclusive content, and you can get in for as little as a buck a month. Um, and you can do that at Patreon.com, and then just search for Dennis Anyone. All right, that's enough plugs. I feel plugged up and plugged out, so without any further ado, here is John Cantwell. Hey there, I'm coming to you from inside the apartment of our guest today, John Cantwell, uh, a.k.a. Love Connie in Hollywood, and I feel like I'm in your brain in a way, because there's all, you're such a fan of different pop culture things, and there's so many cool things in this apartment. More like you're in my bowels, because <laughs> I, I will not let anything go. And, oh, my God. There's man, so much right. fun stuff. There's an ABBA post, ABBA the movie. I mean, come on. See, that was from David Mirkord, who I think you know. I who, do know him. Who, you know, he, I like having friends who are always downsizing. Because yes. I also got a three women poster from, from him right? also. So I still have it. I haven't sold it. But as soon as ABBA reunites this year, which I think they are. I don't know if you've heard I've that. I've been hearing rumblings. Might, I know it might. I heard yeah. those girls turned down a billion dollars. Yeah. And you know they were smoking a cigarette while they just pushed that billion dollars away. And you've got to respect that. You know what? I like that they're not a sellout. <laughs> Somebody's still holding it on. Somebody doesn't need the money. Exactly. It's nice to know. I know. So before we started talking, you kind of went off on this. Um, we're talking about the 90s and there were sirens going and is it the anniversary of the riots. And you're obsessed with like 90s true crime stories, well, all of that stuff, know, but and the renaissance I, of it. It's so funny to think about 20 years. 20 years ago, I had just moved to L.A. from New York, and I am one of those people who I remember exactly where I was when I heard the O.J. verdict. I was at Crunch getting ready to teach a class. Crunch in, in L.A.? In New York. In New York, Because yeah. that was like 96. Yeah, Crunch here had an open I also yet. remember being obsessed with the Jean Benet Ramsey, and it's funny to think about how... 
Um, there was no toddlers and tiaras. You know, we, we kind of as gay men had a little niche on we loved pageants and pageantry. So there yeah. was something we, that, I think that's why we were fascinated with all of that. But it kind of opened it up to the rest of the world. And also courtroom stuff, because Judge Judy has been on for 20 years. Yeah. And uh, I just think it's interesting that all those things have been coming on television. I thought all the OJ series were really, really amazing. They were so good. And then you look back and it's almost like, and I also equate this with, um, to get off on another subject, Wild at Heart. Remember the Wild, David, Lynch, the David film. Lynch film that at the time was so overly graphically violent that you really could not help but just kind of be shell-shocked yeah. and leave the theater going... What did I just see? But now if you watch it, because on uh, one of my shows I had done a piece from that, we <laughs> just found ourselves so desensitized to the violence that we were able to see the comedy in Wild at Heart. Right. And I think now there was like there was a lot of comedy in the Ryan Murphy, O.J. Simpson series. And just, just the absurdity that just goes along hand in hand with, you know, tragedy and justice yeah. and... You know, and then there's the Rodney King thing and the whole L.A. riots and, and that stuff was fascinating also, you know. Do you remember that show that was on BBC that was like Painted Babies that was like oh, yeah. three toddlers and tiaras? Oh, and yeah. I've, I've got VHS. Yeah. Right to your left. And then the two girls, was it Brooke and Asia? Brooke and Asia. Yeah, they were the Nomi and Crystal of the teens. They set. so were. And I remember Brooke uh, was pulling up, you know, they were driving into the hotel. Yeah. And... The hotel kind of had these. I know exactly court, what you're I know say. you it's are. The most memorable but line from that. I, it Why is, is it the most memorable line? I think. Well, I think that a lot of men just took it to mean Waffle House. Yeah. She's approaching this nice right. hotel, She's, and they're like, "Brooke, Brooke, look, this is where we're having the pageant." looks like a Waffle House to me. <laughs> and I think people went, oh, she's saying it looks shitty, like a like an IHOP or a yeah. Waffle House. But I really think that she was just looking at the square cutouts and was making a correlation that this architecture looks like a waffle. Yeah. But, you know, it's better oh. to say, no, that shit looks like a Waffle House. You know? I <laughs> like, just, she was already jaded oh and too good God. for everybody and at, you know, like, they, seven. They did a sequel to that. I don't know if you ever saw it, where they did an update on... Oh. No. In Asia. How are they? Uh, Asia, crazy as hell, right. still doing pageants yeah. and not doing well. And Brooke was amazing because Brooke was basically getting her first job out of college. And it was just like a waitress, but not even the full service waitress, like a counter waitress. So right. she doesn't really have a lot riding on her. Like, you're not going to get in the weeds. You're right. fine. But she was just so grounded right. and such. Uh, it was nice because the mom. Remember the mom? Yes, and the mom were tough. Bunny, I think one of them was named Bunny. Yeah, and that was the mother that was always. Woo! Woo! Go, Brooke! And you cut to the Woo! you cut to the banquet room in the audience, and there's literally like four people there. There and is no. There should be at least a few pervs and trench coats. There's no I, audience. Well, that's what I loved about toddlers and tiaras, was yeah. there would always be, like, some amputee in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, not that he's not going to enjoy the... Pe but 
What are you doing? Seriously, yeah. I don't care if it's your granddaughter or your baby cousin or whatever. You you need to go on out with the men and smoke a cigarette. Exactly. This is not for you. This place. All right. So you've got your Connie show coming up. Connie Greatest Hits. Love yes. Connie Greatest Hits. Extreme Makeover. Um, actually, Connie is love- a character that you do. Wait, let's get the title right. Okay. Love Connie Extreme Maker- Makeover. See, I can't even do it. Love Connie Extreme Makeover Greatest Hits Volume 1, which sets you up for... Volume two. Volume two and maybe three. I love it. And you use the Olivia Newton-John Greatest Hits cover as your art yes. thing. And every time I look at that postcard, it makes me happy. You nailed it, first of all. Thanks. When you appropriate something or you play homage, you nail it. Do you have an eye for detail? It, you capture it. Well, actually, if, if I'm being really picky, and as soon as I started comparing it, I immediately got mad because, well, number one, I couldn't find white slacks like right. she has on, even though that's, you know, minor. Number two, I had the wrong arm over my head, right. which did not make me happy at all. <laughs> and Who didn't catch this? Somebody's going to get fired. I, I know, and I kind of wanted the mullet because I had to create her mullet yeah. out, of a, out of another wig, so I wanted that mullet, you know, yeah. so you know, again, I'm a real perfectionist and I'm the first person to go like, no, it's not perfect. But the typeface. But the, the typeface, yes. oh yeah, Mark Newbar, my graphic yeah. artist, is amazing. So that's always fun to work with someone who gets it as much as you do. Right. Because then you're not going to have to, like, I don't have to tell him anything. He knows exactly what to do. And he gets that 80s vibe. Yeah. And there's nothing in the show that's of any reference toward Olivia Newton-John or anything no. like that. It's just Greatest Hits Volume 1, and I immediately thought, oh, the two Olivia Newton-John Greatest Hits with yes. the Gatefold albums. It was yes. more about that Gatefold album Yes, that I want to kind of like fold all the postcards in half. You yeah, because it's that whole... It's, it's oh, amazing. it was so good. And that's a Herb Ritz photo that Olivia Newton-John shot. I shot with Chris McPherson, who's an amazing photographer also. But when you're thinking like Olivia Newton-John, Herb Ritz... And there are only, I think, two or three shots that are for public consumption of that Greatest Hits Volume 2 photo shoot. And one of the shots literally has Olivia with this lazy eye. Yeah. Like, it's kind of half open. And I, I look at that, and nowadays they would just close her eye and everything. But yeah, you should really... There De- wasn't a detail. Like, I didn't know that that was Herb Ritz. Check out the Herb Ritz and yeah. check out the lazy eye on Olivia Newton John. <laughs> it's just, it's that thing that you we love about Olivia. You yeah. know, we love to watch her try to get through a dance number with Gene Kelly. Yeah. And kind of kind pull of it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I always say you've got to have. It's the same thing with Beyonce, even though I'm scared to even discuss it on Beyonce because her crazy fans will literally show up and burn a cross on your front lawn or, (laughs) you know, have a dead cat hanging over the front door. But there's something that's awkward about her stage presence when she does a big number, like if she has to, you know, there are drag queens that are more feminine than Beyonce, but I think that's that that there's a little bit of a masculinity in her that yeah. Tina Turner, of course, had that makes you greater than all of them. But, yeah, there's a, there's a, little, there's a little bit of country still in Beyonce. Just a little Just bit. A it's almost all gone. Yeah. But I kind of like that. I celebrate. I do, too. And I think Olivia Newton-John kind of had that kind of... She's a little off. But, <laughs> you know, she's... What an underrated voice. I mean... I love her voice, and there's nobody... 
that has that thing now, that sort of simple sweetness. Not like, even Taylor Swift, because yeah. it's always some... I, I mean, I don't keep up with the young kids, yeah. but that shit drives me... If my kid listened to Taylor Swift, there would be a problem. There would be a problem in the home. Yeah. Um, so, Love Connie. Extreme makeover. Extreme makeover. The Connie character. Um, when you say... Because your shows are... Is your character called Love Connie or just Connie? Because I love that... I call it Love Connie now because I like the way it sounds and I... I do too, I, There's yeah. an affection to it, but for you... And it's a demand. Yeah. Love Connie. Love her. <laughs> love she her. needs it. I do. I like that too. So when you think of her, wh- how do you think of the relationship of the, of the words? Well, I'll always remember Connie from the Nellie Olson, right? Because that's where I mean, it started even before that. It, I remember her last name. Well, fr- yeah, Slocum. Friends yeah. of mine that I am friends with now on Facebook or Instagram from my college days when we would do Connie and her pageantry stuff and all that. But so way then, back in the day, you started doing this. Oh, yeah. uh, something like this character. Yes, and then did it in the Nellies, and then needed a last name for her. And I remember it being in my apartment in New York with my roommate Robin, who's since choreographed a lot of Connie shows. And I go, and Robin and I loved you know white trash culture and just yeah. celebrated all that kind of lowbrow stuff. Even though you know we were, we considered ourselves very highbrow. I mean, Robin can work the freaking New York Times crossword puzzle like that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I go, Robin, what is a good last name for Connie? And she goes, Slocum. <laughs> I just went, oh my God, that is it. So I started that. But again, it's an odd it's an odd name. But then I did a show called Love Connie because my girlfriend Carol was making me a t-shirt. Carol's also from my college days. Was making me a t-shirt. And she goes, you need to get you some puff paint and write on this t-shirt. Love Connie. So there was always that like nice little signature, like Love Connie. Yeah. And then I called my first show Love Connie because I wanted to be like a love letter. Right. But then Mario Diaz, and this was before Connie and Juice and everything, he started calling me Love Connie, or I believe he put on a postcard because he was one of the first guys that would start promoting it. Promoting me. Outside of. Yeah. And he had Love Connie up there. And I'm like, Love Connie? Yeah. Shouldn't it be the other? And he goes, No. I I like Love Connie. And you kind of have to listen to a guy like that. You know, he has a good eye for branding. Marketing and 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 marketing and stuff like that. And my pet peeve is that I don't like when people call me love. Yeah. That drives me crazy because right. that takes me back to the Rosie O'Donnell show when Jennifer Love Hewitt came on yes. and decided that she wanted everyone to call her love. Right, exactly. Hi, love. Oh, no. It just makes my cheeks just squint up. I can't stand it. No, she's Connie. I don't like it. Uh, how many full shows, original shows as Connie have you done? think six and so this show is sort of the a best of with moments from all of those it shows is. it's about two songs from each show and then i had to throw in like a video because frankly it's it, like you say it's all imagine a show full of just heart of glass rapture one way or another and the, just you know, dancing and you must see do you sweat and like i'm i'm like i am honey Remember the anal problems I had trying to get through the first <laughs> run of the show? It was like having my liver hanging out my yeah. ass. But I still did it. You was still, still did it. The show must go I on. Did it. Yeah, there's adrenaline is a great thing yeah. with healing and, and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I, 
I got two backup dancers specifically to make sure there's always some movement going on on stage. Yeah. Or otherwise, you know, I would just be trying to steal drinks, sips of water off people's table because there's no time to run backstage and do it. So I've started doing that, and it works really well. Yeah. So I like having glasses of water on all those front tables because it's it's yeah. nice, and I feel like it's it's the most um, kind of rock and roll type show where it is that. I mean, I always kind of maybe give a an aside or a break the fourth wall, but this show really breaks the fourth wall. Right. It's just a little like I'm exhausted, and you can tell, but I'm not going to stop. <laughs> no, I'm not going to no. stop. Just let me have the a show. Sip must go on. Of this, is this water or vodka? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. as somebody who's known you for quite a while and has always loved your work and your sensibility, I'm so happy that you found Connie because. All of your obsessions and all your pop culture stuff and your film references and your dance, all the things that you love mm-hmm. have a vehicle now that's so perfect. Do you feel that I do. creatively? It's made me lazy in a sense because I think that, or I would hope that that's what every, whether you're an actor or a dancer or, you know, I kind of identify as a performer now right. because I, I think that you know, at my age and looking back at everything I've done from, and you know, we've all, you know, we both love to sing, we right. love to dance, we love to act. I love to sing, I love to dance. All of it. I love Nabisco Wheat Thins and a this, lot. That was a Sandy Duncan commercial <laughs> I just did for you. Well, her bio in paperback <laughs> is at Amoeba Dollar Books. Yeah. And I look at it every time I pour through there and I keep thinking, I need to get that Sandy Duncan book. I mean, she had <laughs> you, a wooden eye, goddammit. <laughs> that's at least going to be a good one good chapter, at least. Yes. But, you know... The, and Hogan um, Family, that's going to be another good oh chapter. Oh, my God. Replace, Anyways. No, Valerie Harper replaced her. I thought... Boy. I thought she replaced Valerie Harper. Oh, she not. did. Okay. Was it the cancer all the way back then? I don't know. Man, talk about a survivor, Valerie Harper. Amazing. Yeah. Speaking of another one of those SAG AFTRA yeah. office holders, yeah. you know, which I, you know, I think you need to get up in there. Yeah. <laughs> what were we saying? Oh, but but, but you know, Connie feels like a, a place where you can put all of your obsessions. But to say like making me lazy, it's that thing of where I. Am enjoying the creative process because I tried to produce stuff and get scripts of friends that were writers that I still think are some of the most genius scripts you know I've ever read. But you know, LA is a tough town, and but what's fun about LA is that there are lots of opportunities and little arteries and ways into the show business or whatever that you can do. But underground theater, like what I do, is not... You would not think that that would be a place that could really kind of... Um, um, cult, you could cultivate that here. But you can, thank God, because of the Cavern Club. Right. And also, you know, even though it is kind of an East Coast theater thing, you know, because my references are all film and MTV pop culture... I feel like I'm still doing something that is readily made for, you know, as in like a TV variety show, which, and don't you love that Battle of the Network, even though they can't cast them with yeah. anyone decent, right? I still am watching that Battle of the Network yeah. stars in the gong show because I miss that type of a, of a show, you know, where you can repurpose stars or whatever. Right. And that's another thing that I do is like, I'm repurposing 80s hits to create a story for, you know, a cat and the ugly girl that owns yeah. her and then the roller skating god who falls in love with her. And even though people are like, you know, you should try and do this here. You should try and do this. All. And I'm just kind of like, I'm here. Yeah. And I've been here for 20 years and I think everyone in the town knows who I am and knows where to find me. 
if they ever want to do a show like this for off-Broadway or Broadway, right. because it's... And, you know, and I say the great thing about, like, a Connie show, if it was, you know, when people, you know, you know, are like, oh, my God, you know, you should do it. And I'm like, I'm 50. I'm just proud that I can create a show based around a character because I could not do that for a 50-year-old gay man. Yeah. I couldn't do it. But if I put a wig on and some heels and a bikini, I can, I could go for, and I will, I'll go as long as my body holds up because I've just got so much to say and I would love for it to reach another level but uh, you know I've just producers aren't I've never met those people that get it or get it enough to where they're like no we're going to make this happen and we're going to call Madonna and say Madonna if you want a jukebox musical on Broadway <laughs> we've got yeah. the show and the thing is is we wouldn't have to record it because we don't have any dialogue so Madonna right. would make all the money right. under the guise of you know Connie Loves Juice and Desperately Seeking Vicky yeah. you know you get Bowie and Blondie and just use you know we don't need to re-record right. I want the Broadway show that now just uses the actual hits recordings and maybe shows a different way of telling a story through dance and comedy and drag and stuff like that because we haven't seen that on Broadway and Broadway's you know since Lloyd Webber my god yeah what a dump well I remember thinking this when I saw Connie Loves Juice especially is that it was like opera with dance like yeah. you tell an entire story with dance no dialogue the soundtrack was seamless, one song into the next, and I felt like you were sort of creating a new art form in a way, or maybe there were other things like that, but I couldn't think of things that I had seen. Maybe some of the Matthew Bourne stuff, but yeah. I thought what you were doing was new. Yeah, I don't think, like I say, it's like I don't think I have any original ideas at all. Right. Everything's repurposed, but, it, and even like, again, I think that a lot of us creative kids have that and I always say I'm getting paid to do what I was doing in my bedroom behind right. locked doors as a kid and that's dressing up having a silly fantasy life but mostly because I'm inspired by pop music and film and that's just you know being southern and not having an outlet for arts or theater right. not even in your school I mean a school play occasionally but you know, that's stifling if you're not into sports and you're into other things and you don't have a community that can cultivate that or that, you know, cares, that, that represents that that's important. Yeah. You know, um, so here's to imagination, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I have a lot more that I want to do. The Greatest Hits thing is fun because it's fun. Now I'm Now I'm enjoying reaping the benefits of being able to, do four shows a year and maybe bring back a show right and and honestly and finally like making a little money even though obviously i'm not making you know i, I hate to say making money because that just means not having a zero balance yeah at the end of it literally the month. means there's a there's it, positive yeah the it's like i finally sheet. hit that level where they yeah. don't charge me a service fee on my checking account yeah. i feel like i've fucking made it man. yeah i forget an oscar yeah they're not charging me a service fee that's a big fucking victory. Because they only do that to poor people. Now, when you started with Nellie's doing Connie, she spoke more. Uh, and, and most of the incarnations well, she now... Did, but, she but would, that's... Like in the pageant thing, I can remember her saying a few things. Yeah. She doesn't speak as much now. So talk to me about that evolution and well, Connie I, speaking or not speaking. I like her speaking in the Nellie show because Terrence Michael is a brilliant writer. And right. I, he always got the right take. And he would even play my mom. We had written... 
uh, and with other friends, uh, short films about Connie, you know, trying out for a pageant with other sixth graders. And it was one of those things where, uh, like, you know, like I say now, there was never that producer around that just wanted to go, no, no, come on, we've got to film this. Right. You know, and I just, you know, at that time was just like, I can't pull this together. I'm just starving myself. You know, right. I can't take that risk. Um, so, um, yeah, I feel like those ideas, as far as a pageant, it, it kind of all got done. And yeah. even, you know, so many people kind of did that, that I didn't. I am conscious of not wanting to repeat what I've seen other people do. And I right. do want to try and be original and, and unique. But so you're, um, you're open to the idea of using Connie's voice Oh yeah. at some point. It's just the format now is more... Well, it was always dance. weird. Like, people that were really close to me would even go as far... <laughs> I don't know how to take this. But they would go as far as to say, Listen, when she's in drag, Connie, and she's up there dancing, I buy it. I believe it. Every second I believe it. But the minute you open your mouth, I don't believe it. There's something about the voice, and I've always been very self-conscious over my voice. I can remember, you know, and this is another thing that as gay men who hang around a lot with their mothers and not their fathers when they're kids, I think that the reason that we sound so effeminate and have sissy voices is because we are spending all of our time with our mothers and we emulate our mothers because I can tell you my mother was really you know very vocal and she had a real country voice that drove herself crazy when she would hear it recorded right but she was very funny about it but I could tell it just she didn't like it at all and then I hear that voice you know of me and you know throughout theater stuff in college you know or auditions you know when you do southeastern theater conference yeah I do remember my theater teachers coming out and you're like I think the reason you're not getting more opportunities is because of your voice. And as a gay man who is self-conscious, you think, oh my God, I sound like a girl. And it's not, no, so maybe you're just Southern or just yeah. a little drawl or country. And of course I moved to New York and all that went away. So it wasn't a big issue, but I'm still kind of self-conscious right. about, you know, even when you go through the audition thing in L.A., you know, you're wanting to play, hey, I, I, I'm more than just gay parts. I can do more than just a hairdresser. Right. I remember losing a friend who was a casting director over because she would not call the Nellies in for a comedy show because she qualified. They're looking for manly men. And I went, wait, manly men? So then it goes back to that whole, right? oh, God, we all what? We all just sound... Gay yeah. is that what it is? So we'll never get to play anything but a hairdresser, right? Not even a chance, not not even an opportunity. To not be even that you won't even see us. Exactly. Like you might change your mind and right. actually want some motherfucking faggoty ass sounding. Yeah, you might you know, performers. It here. might really work when you. Excuse me, us. I know that's not a nice word to say. That's these okay, days, but I'm gonna. You know. Well, what I love also until Ice Cube apologizes. Yeah. For all of those bombs. <laughs> yeah. Um. What I love is Connie's language seems to be dance. Like, that seems to be, like, a language that she speaks. And because some of the steps are sort of... We know them from the past, in a way, and some of them are original. But that feels like the language that she... The way she likes to communicate. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, one thing that I've noticed, especially with this Greatest Hit show, is um, the last time I went that I didn't... I had friends that came. But, you know, in past shows, it's been like, you know, your friends come... And then you start recognizing that, all right, I'm not seeing some, or people fall off, or people do right. Facebook, but then you start seeing people that you don't know. 
And what I noticed the, <laughs> the last couple of shows that I've really started enjoying is there are lots of women, like really attractive, good-looking women. Again, not supermodels or plastic surgery type, just young women who look like they have careers, who look empowered, and they're coming to the show, and they look at me, and, and mind you, this is after the show, and I'm sweaty, right. literally trying to sign an autograph, and there's just sweat everywhere. Right. But they're looking at me directly in the eye, and they're just going, I love everything you do, and I would give anything to do that. So I feel like these women just kind of want to really want to be that type of person that I'm walking on that dance floor and I'm on a high kick and you're going to back the fuck up and watch yeah. me turn this shit out. And it's just that fierceness. It's, it's, and it's why we like rock stars or it's that this Connie's willing to take the challenge yeah. and not be afraid to make a fool. Out right. Of or not worry and, uh, about how do I look in this thing or, or how, how is my body or exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you saying about my body, Dan? No. You show uh, it. I've lost 20 pounds. No. <laughs> no, but you show it. You show a lot of it or, you know what I well, mean? Well, you like, just do the flaws. Yeah. You know, um, you know, yeah. I, I remember working with a designer and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to look so cute because all these costumes are reinforced. It's right. not like the stripper shit I would pick up on Hollywood Boulevard that right. was designed for a real woman. Right. You know, because, and then he would cut the stomach. <laughs> like, wait a minute, I wanted to suck that all in. And it's like, no, that shit's funny. That big hairy stomach coming yeah. out of Connie. So yeah, there, and I do. There's a I, lack of vanity. Yeah. That is very um, refreshing. Yeah. When everyone's so worried about how they look all the time and, you know... Well, and I also... Even with, like, you mentioned Beyonce, you know there's not a hair out of... You know what I mean? Like, everything is whatever. But I also love that, like, uh, you know, doing the shows with Mario, I like being able to give her a romantic interest for the audience to see, all right, do you find her or me as her attractive. You know what I mean? It's like you're applauding, you're enjoying it, she's making you happy, but when it comes right down to it, do you buy this relationship of Connie and Juice as Martinez? has? Yes. The thing is, is that you go... You do. Yes! You absolutely do. Because Connie's glamorous. There's Maybe glamorous she's not and perfect, there's but fire she's and there's passion. Yes. And that's really what it's all about. Like, I used to always like look like I always like to look at Hugh Jackman's wife and yeah. go, like, they've been married forever. Right. Now, she's a gorgeous woman, but she's not the she's type not of woman Penelope that Cruz. you, exactly, you yeah. would put up. Now, like, right, right, George right. Clooney in a mall. Yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I can see that. But then you look at the, the ones that have been married forever, and you're like, that babe's got some shit going on. Yeah. She's keeping Hugh Jackman happy. Right. I mean, and, and I'm more interested in their relationship and her, you know, and, right. and I think it's more unique and it does, it just doesn't look manufactured. Yeah. Even though we manufactured all that, I like, you know, cause the gay community is so full of shit, you know, with all <laughs> the mask for mask and, yeah. you know, I have found myself if someone's coming over, I'll rip that dress down and hide stuff. Can right. I tell a really dirty, dirty yes, story? Yes, please. Oh, please. The thing about drag and, and coming late in life as to doing drag. Yeah. Also being in this rent-controlled studio apartment and right. trying to, you know, store drag, which is not easy. And no. wigs and wigs. It's all in the kitchen. So if you're looking for, like, a glass of water, you will most undoubtedly find a wig. <laughs> um, 
But now I had had a trick coming over here and was in the process of having sex with a guy. And then all of a sudden, the guy was like, I have to go. I, I have to go. And I'm like, wait, what? What? Uh, uh, bye. And then I was like, well, what was that all about? You know, I'm talking to myself after he left in the apartment. And I was like, geez. And I turned around and I looked to the left. The closet door was open, and on the top row were all these high heel shoes. So, you know, it was somebody that was, like, you know, not really into you, more into, like, who is this person I'm having sex with right now? And they saw, this person has some secrets, and I can't go there because I am extremely insecure. I've got to go. Yeah. I've got to go. I can't, I can't deal with it. Live and learn. And, you know, and I, you know, uh, listen, people that I've, from childhood that I've gotten back in contact with from Facebook or whatever, you know, you definitely win the drag. Because before, I would be like, don't you dare tag me in that photo. You know, I had my own hang-ups about, you know, are you comfortable letting people see you like that? Because the truth of the matter is, is I love, I think it's fun as anything to wear a pair of high heels. And I love being able to shop you know, and have a reason to, like, I have a reason to buy yeah. heels, like, nice ones, or, you know, yeah. whatever. And there was such shame, uh, you know, attached to all that, you know, growing up. And when you really think about it, it's ludicrous. It's fashion. It's just, it's cost. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. It yeah. doesn't have a gender attached to it or anything like that. So, and I do believe that... Uh, uh, Ariana Huffington, yes. a friend of mine, reviewed the show for Huffington Post. Oh, wow. And and she said to him, she goes, I want to thank you for supporting transsexual artists. And I was like, I'm now transsexual. <laughs> yes. And I just love it. I'm thrilled to be part of it. Ariana community. Huffington said that to your she friend? She said that. So you yeah. can tell she really wasn't she really, taking a long look at what, she might not what write, was she did, going she was on She doing a post. quick skim. But listen, we're glad you're supporting yes. transsexuals. Because if anyone is transsexual, it's that hairy beer gutted bitch over there <laughs> um i do love have you ever thought the the aesthetic when you were sort of putting her together we ever thought oh maybe i should shave or not shave or like what went into that or was it just trying things and this felt good and this works well connie was always cajun inbred yeah so we always looked at it as she's country bit like britney spears yeah. barefoot in the gas station yeah but it's not gonna shave or let you know yeah and um i don't i i don't know what the, maybe it was something to do with the Nellies behind yeah. that because he and I were always playing female characters, but there was never any time to create an illusion. Right. And I mean, I like illusionist. Like, you know, I love that people just hate that Valentina. Yeah. And I'm like, you're you're hating her because she, she is, is so beautiful. Damn She's a different beautiful. breed. I loved every minute of that. Yeah. Now, of course, when it came down to that last episode... We're talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, yes. of course. They know. Last season. Yeah. Who thinks listening to this? Cambridge, <laughs> professors at Cambridge <laughs> University. <laughs> um, but it, it was funny. But I did. I liked looking at that, that show and going, okay, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't write a script for the challenge. And now you're in the bottom two. And you didn't have time to learn the word. I'm like, girl, what were you doing all week long? Like, they don't have anything to do, do they? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're sequestered. I So I still wish that they would do, like, Top Model on yeah. Drag Race. I want to see them all live in a house together. Yeah. And have cameras. Because I need to know what these bitches are doing <laughs> all week long when you can't learn. I mean, I don't want to learn an Ariana Grande song to lip sync, but... 
that's there's the nothing gig. else to do, <laughs> exactly. and if that's the gig, if you I can't have my phone it. with me, I might as well. Um, How do you think Connie would do in that environment on Drag Race? And have you considered I mean, it? Yeah, I've considered it, and, and they've you know, and I've known them um, forever. And Rue has come. I always like to say, <laughs> I, I don't need to go on Rue's show. Rue come to my show. That's right. And um, so I've appreciated their support. And I love Drag Race. And, and part of me really, really would love to do it. But And I'm not afraid of the ba- of what people would say. Because I think stuff like that is, is funny. Like all yeah. the online yeah. shock. Or, yeah. She's hitty. I mean, I can only yeah. imagine. But it makes me laugh. Yeah, your skin's thick enough um, for that. But point. it's not really a show that's really geared towards me. Because right. the fact of you the matter You would really have to it, try to adapt. Yeah. I, uh, I don't enjoy lip sync there are only a handful of songs that I enjoy lip syncing yeah and those songs are Deeper Than the Night by Olivia Newton-John Lover Girl by Tina Marie and Hold On I'm Coming by Lisa Hartman right you know what I mean so (laughs) by Lisa Hartman that is my I will bring the house down I bet they could get the rights to that not that expensive you're not that cheap a date in terms of a lip sync (laughs) rights issue I can bring that roof I'll burn that roof off with the Lisa yeah. Hartman song, but no one's going to appreciate that. You know what I mean? Right. So if, if, like I say, if you did put me up there and then I had to somehow go into the guise of an Ariana Grande, I had to save my life. Yeah. I mean, that would be a challenge for me to try and pull that off. And, you know, as I watched uh, Valentina and them go, you got to take that thing. It's a lip sync contest. <laughs> yes. I need to see your lips. Yeah. I immediately thought, oh, there, because I had thought, how can I get a Maybe I could get around it. Yeah. I thought, I know, I know. I'm going to be that queen that if I if I was to ever get on the show, I would have to be in the bottom two every episode. <laughs> because I can't sew. I do not even hardly know how to contour. I don't know how to contour. Right. So it would be like you would have to have, like, Christine, on, you know, all yeah. the really messy drag queens and do, like, a special thing. You know, and then again, lip syncing is not really what I do. Sure. So that's another. It's weird not thing. a perfect fit for you. It's it's not. But I love but it's such a platform. I love competition, and, yeah. and I would love you know to you know hopefully you know you know be a guest, yeah. or I would love to work or come up with some ideas or do something with the show. Um, it's interesting now that it's VH1. I feel like the show might go into a more commercial, even more commercial than it already would have been on Logo or something. Yeah. I, I think that there's... It's interesting that it feels so fresh now with, with this new... And it's been on like nine years, but it still yeah. feels like it's an up-and-comer or well, something. Well, it's, it's a great show. And yeah. I hope, I hope Rue will stay... I hope Rue will do like Tyra. We'll yeah. take a couple of years and do like Drag Kings versus Drag Queens. Yeah. Or, you know, Old Queens versus... You know, I think that yeah. there's tons to do. And then get like... Get, you know, someone... To host it, yeah. but then you got to come back. Like Tyra's got to come back this year because it's been too long without Tyra. We need Tyra we need back. I'm worried about that her. top model. Yeah, who's been your most surprising fan as a Love Connie fan? Did somebody bring some famous friend one time, or well, the I mean, the biggest thing ever was a friend of mine called me and said, "Are there tickets available for your show tonight?" My friends, the Pet Shop Boys are in town. Oh my <laughs> they god! Want to bring them to a show? So my very first show. The Pet Shop Boys are sitting there side by side, and I'm looking just, just like, like an album cover. I, I mean, it just kind of blew my mind. I mean, and I'm not the type of I can't go run and grab a can- camera. And, yeah. You know what I mean? But 
those. That's you huge. Know, yeah. Did you hear anything about what they thought? Oh, they were wonderful. Yeah. They loved it, and they came up to me after the show and said hello and everything. And they've had quite a career. When you look back at West End Girls, to think that yeah. they would have had all of those songs and all of those albums and all of those hits. Well, it's and you kind know, of a me- remarkable. The best Liza Minnelli album ever. Yeah, that I still with. go. Results, right? I, I love that album, and I go, "Come on, Pet Shop Boys, why didn't you do that for Debbie Harry? Yeah. Why aren't we doing that for Mary? Let's do every goddess. They should be, you know, promoting." But I love them. I always felt like they were very theatrical pop because I enjoyed with every if they would put a best of collection or a B sides collection, yeah. you would get another version of West End Girls that was ten minutes longer, yeah. had more instrumental, and and I also love the weird time signatures. You could never do a full eight count of choreography to a Pet Shop Boys song because there would be like a section of fourteen counts, right? Or a section of six counts. I never so, noticed that they play with oh, meter a yeah, lot. Yeah, they play with meter a lot. That's cool. Yeah, and they extend phrases and stuff. So I, as a music undergrad, I enjoyed that what type they did. of composition. So yeah. Um, do you know what Twenty Three and Me is? That's where you t- take your. Check your DNA, and they tell you your. You know, it's like a blood test that you do, and it's mm-hmm. a company, and they tell you all this stuff. What's Connie's DNA? What 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 are the ingredients in her? If you think about it, if that well, makes you sense. You know, I do have a candle. Yeah. That I created with um, my friend Jay Floyd, that I believe is is good Connie DNA. The candle consists of tomato vine, okay. cucumber, clean cotton, and dirt. And I thought, that's Connie. She's that girl that's in her cutoffs and a bikini top, up on a ladder, hanging up the laundry. But then here comes Gomer and his tiller, you know, tilling the garden, which catches the the leg of Connie's stepping stool. <laughs> and then you both fall into the garden and you just make love. <laughs> and that's what it's that's, just, that's, you know, the, That's earth, what makes Connie. Earthy. Yes. Just really earthy. She know. makes me feel really good. But you like, know, have I you ever thought about... What her message is, or because I just feel like there's something really life affirming about Connie. But and I'm wondering if you've women, thought about that. But that's those women that are coming up to me after the show with just big bright eyes and bright smiles. It's like I don't have. I, I mean, I like to try and put that into words, but right, I'm you don't have good, to. I'm just I'm wondering not a good if you've person to sell. I, yeah, you know, I, Connie's. I guess it's becoming easier, but even trying to sell that first show. What do you say? You know, yeah. people always it's so just go, unique to itself. It's not like oh, it's yeah. a little bit like this, or it's really. I like unique. when people say when they want to bring a friend and they tell the friend, "I want to take you to a show. Do you trust me?" Yeah, <laughs> they go, "Yeah." That is well, kind I don't of the conversation tell you, what it you is. have. I just want you to come. Well, is it drag? Yes, but mm, you know what I mean. It's not. It's yeah. it's not a, uh, a, a Xerox of anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the most crazy thing that's gone wrong for you on stage? Oh, God. In that show or any other show? Um, well, I was also known for... I would always... Those light boxes on the side of the stage oh, yeah. seemed to always fall over on exits. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, I'm not... I was at a Chico's Angel show where it fell over and hit this woman in the head. <laughs> oh, in the head. I heard screamed. about that. Oh, my God. She's like, ow! Drama. Like, you couldn't see that thing coming to where you could... No, it was dark. It was in a blackout, yeah. Look at me. I'm blaming the audience. I'm always going to blame the audience. Blame the victim. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always like funny stuff, you know, that I'll catch on stage. But you know, my, my thing is literally, I'll never forget 
when I when we did Connie Loves Juice, and that was the first time, you know, when Mario came in, and I, I felt like he brought in legitimate dancers, you know, because I'm not a trained dancer. I, right. I, I'm, and, you know, it's you're, hard for me to, like... You're a wonderful dancer, though. Well, it's hard for me to contain my momentum. Like, yeah. I'm not good... Uh, my thing is directional. Like, if you're 200 pounds and you're spinning one way... Those like skinny dancers can just flick onto the other foot. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've got a lot of ass and stomach, <laughs> and I'm just like, wait up! You know, I'm like, yeah. oh my god! So there's always something funny that I find when you're really exhausted, but you got to finish that number, and then you try to exit, but you wind up running into the wall, <laughs> yeah. and you just kind of ricochet off of that. Or you know, my thing was by the end of Connie Love's <laughs> Juice. I would be coming off the stage, literally trying to support myself on the wall. The dancers would be looking at me, and I would be like, <gasps> like dry heaving, and they would just be looking at me and just going, breathe. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to breathe. Yeah. Like, I need to be told to breathe. Yeah. I'm dying. I'm in every goddamn number on stage. You know, so that is just, I always just say the challenge of just, you know, keeping that show at 45 minutes because you're not going to go longer than a cycling class. Yeah. It's just like, I can't. I can't. One other thing about it, that it really allows you to use your crazy frame of reference because you're somebody that could do 20 minutes on K-Lens. Oh, yeah. Or, like, Linda Day George and you're off. And you remember that TV movie where, like, you have a real, like, photographic memory for those kinds of things, right? we all do. Gay men get that shit. And that was another funny thing about working with Mario Diaz and, and how we come from different gay backgrounds is, you know, he was always the guy that would come into a night out in the town and go, you know, I I can do this. Right. I can create a better night than this and he he did it yeah now when i'm creating my shows you know and i'm talking to a director and he's within earshot and i'm going okay and at this point he's gonna um die or you know he's gonna be passed out but i'm gonna think he's dead and then i'm gonna raise my hands up like nancy allen in dress to kill when she sees the razor blade catching the reflection of the killer in the mirror and then mario's like no one's gonna get that and then i'm like I don't care if they don't get it. Someone will get it. And the people that don't get it will think that I came up with it. So I always go, always put a little K-Lens in your performance. <laughs> That's Because it doesn't matter That's the name of if they podcast. don't know what K-Lens did in Fast Walking. I do. <laughs> and I'm going to show them. It's like, pass it on. It's like, you know, telephone. Well, it's it, like, I'm going to show you. But I think what happens is... <laughs> Even if you don't get the reference, you appreciate that there was a specific choice made for a specific reason, and even if you don't get it, it makes the show better. And I think people come up to me, and they always go like, and it's such a big comment, they go like, you are so committed. And I go, well, I guess I am. I'm committed (laughs) to doing what Kaylin's committed to do. And I, because I'm a comedian. You're on her shoulders. You're standing on her shoulders. Yeah, I'm a comedian. (laughs) And I have to, you know, I have to emulate them all, you know. I I, I do, because I, I, you know, I... Even with someone like Deborah Harry, like Blondie, who, thank God, is now having this resurgence, you know, we saw their show at the Bowl last night, and literally everyone was on their feet for every song, and I'm going, that is so amazing. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. I don't know how the specific, we got off specificity, of it. the K lensness um, of it all. Yeah, but like, even like, I remember when the community was like, oh, she, she, Debbie Harry, well, she looks terrible. 
And, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? What, I don't, I don't understand that. It's this kind of, eh, they're over. We've right. got someone new. And I go, I'm not into the new. I, and I've hit that age where I'm, I have not bought new music in ten yeah, years. You don't have room really, for another diva in your life. I don't have the time, and I don't yeah. care. I would rather search out every VHS movie that's never been released on DVD of Teresa yeah. Russell, you know, or something. If you're like if that. you're likely to go into a YouTube hole, what would the search be? I if we were going to go in there and disappear it, for two weeks, TV movies of the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that about YouTube, like yeah. finding something really amazing. Like there have been a lot of you know we all love the movie Carrie, and they keep remaking it. But there are a lot of great TV movies based around Carrie that are really that are scary. Carrie, Carrie like the Spell. And oh god, I can't remember the other ones, but you know, I, I yeah, I love all that, you know, uh, the TV movie stuff, and I love all the the female ensemble, yeah, mystery TV movies and stuff that like you know you would find Stella Stevens did or Elizabeth Ashley, yeah, I like stuff like that. I love when you interact with the video screens at your show, and like you you did the entire Showgirls. Number. All that choreography. Yeah, move for move. You were at a wedding recently. You just did a, yeah. an appearance at my friend Jeffrey's wedding. He was just on the podcast last week, Jeffrey and Talis. And um, I, you were dancing and doing your thing, and then you were on the dance floor, and I, I kind of went up to you, and I'm like, give us some showgirls. And I thought you, you might... Were all, I could always count on you to be that person that's going to be like the drunk in the audience that you say... Do us some showgirl. I literally the, thought it was going to be one move, John. But you were and the you did three minutes. But wait, you're the equivalent of that drunk guy in the strip club. It's like, show us your tits. You're like, showgirls. But I thought you would just give me a move or two. I really, I thought it might be as quick as a Nomi face oh, no. flash. I was going to do you, the whole thing. You did the whole thing, and I was like, oh my god, that is that is incredible. Well, I love it all. Yeah. It's, so. you know, and we still, like, me and one of my dancers, Lou Becker, will just go, and Lou knows the history. Yeah. Like, that apparently that choreography showed up in, like, a Coca-Cola commercial <laughs> before, like, the year before Showgirls. So there's, you know, there is, there is, show, there are evenings of Showgirls that we could still discuss <laughs> about things involving Showgirls. Right. That we haven't even discussed. And you see that I've got Joe Esterhouse's yes. bi- big, thick biography over there. You know, oh, these yeah. are all my dollar. Bu- I'm into dollar books. Dollar books everyone, are amazing. where do you get them? Amoeba. Amoeba, Amoeba has okay. the best used book section now because I was when I lived in Dallas, Texas. They had the best half price books. Was there an Amoeba in Dallas? There was none, but we had oh. half price books. Okay, good. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been, I just finished Nikki Six, The Heroin Diaries. Right. Which, honey, you love Vanity, drink. Tawny, content, all, all the girls are All there. showing up, free bait. Yeah. Oh, just, just. But they've quoted the evangelist, Denise yeah. Matthews, which is also very interesting poetry. Yes. That she spoke She spoke in now. God if, rest her if soul. If you could appear as Connie in any classic music video, like, oh, well, like you take you the girl out and you insert. You don't have to okay. finish that. It would probably be as Tawny Katane in the White Snake video. Yeah. Because, see, that, what I That's love iconic. about doing drag yeah. and what I love about people, how they perceive my drag, is they really don't see the hair, the, the masculine, no. haggy face. They see what I'm emulating through my body. And every time after every show, there will always, if a straight guy had to come see a show and he might be my age, he will always go, your show reminded me of that White Snake video. And <laughs> that is the highest compliment ever. Because she, on the hood of that car, that's, you know, 
what other drag you know there are drag performers that will emulate stuff like that in a photo shoot but there are no drag performers that are giving you 100% Tawny Katane or Kay Lenz right or all that and and that really is just a it's just a 70s diva it's it's right. every photo shoot in eyes of laura mars it's all been documented <laughs> but people are so shallow with their frame of reference right. these days that it takes us old queens to go you need to have some respect for some good direction of photography yeah you miss an old faye dunaway film <laughs> you're yes. missing some good shit yeah exactly it's trust me yeah britney and mariah did not come up with any of this right so, you know, cinema, listen, and, and I think cinema's dead. I think the studios with these, I have not liked, I don't like animated films. I didn't right. like The Incredibles. And they just keep, I'm like, oh my God, mule. I mean, every animal group, birds, yeah. reptile, they've all got three animated movies. And I'm just waiting for Hollywood to go, when are you going to wake up and realize that you're in the mid to late 60s doing those really terrible, overblown big budget musicals that you're not making any of your money back and stop you know i you know i feel like that i didn't see baby driver but i felt like they were trying to get something with back into the william friedkin type car chase where it's a real car chase yeah it's not that cgi fast and the furious 17 shit yeah i don't like that shit it really just like ugh. and i feel sorry for kids that have to grow up on that because i, I go no what imagine what the drag queens are going to be like that grew up on that stuff, you know? Right. What would it be? Maybe, I don't know, maybe there'll be Michelle Rodriguez, which could be cool or something, but I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm glad I'm, again, I'm glad, aren't you glad you were born when you were born? I really, I, really I, I do feel like that way, but I do feel like a lot of the things that I loved are just kind of going away in a way that, that is... I don't quite like know what? how to do um, Mama's Family bookstores or well, books, yeah, but um, there's still like I say, it's like Amoeba. All of a sudden, I mean, again, yeah. people keep saying, "Well, that's going out of business." But yeah. then, have you been to that bookstore downtown? The no, ones? I really want to go. I want to go too. Or I do. yeah, just certain things that feel or certain kinds of movies that they would make. And but even with to. Kindle, that's why I started get buying all the actual yeah. books because I want to be able to, like a record, you know, you got to remember vinyl's coming. It's all going to come back, Dennis. Yeah. Nothing's and ever also magazines were a big part of my I life. I love magazines. Well, so that, 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 that sort of, I never kind of got the do. My preferred pornography yeah. is still magazine. I would yeah. rather look at an issue of Playboy or some, you know, gay publication from the early 80s yeah. than I would anything My favorite was online. Honcho Overload. Oh, 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 Honcho Overload? The, the digest size. There was something about the way those stories were written that really oh, made me Oh, excited. oh, the story. Well, see, you're a writer. See, yeah. I'm always visual. Visual, you want the That's pictures. why writing, that's why I never write Connie shows, yeah. because writing is, is painful. It's yeah. just like, I don't get it. I applaud anyone that can write. How do you conceive a Connie show? It's not Music? a... No, like, you a, think of the, like an exercise class. Yeah. What song do I want to dance to? Yeah. Put it in there. Uh, well, just the other day I was thinking of Love, Connie, Greatest Hits, Volume 2. And I yeah. was thinking I would structure that show around Connie, Juice, and Vicky. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't want to start crying because that's what will happen. Well, you know, emotion really is when I know I'm hitting, nailing it. You know, that this needs to be a part. But it was a Pink Floyd song called Us and... Oh my God! No, I can't it's believe all good. That I'm crying. This That's is so, so weird. good. 
but it does. Like I get. You could just. Think I think about I have that. that di- wait, I'll I'll spin it. I have that disease. What's it called? <laughs> Not Stendhal s- syndrome, but it's that syndrome where you're so overcome and emotionally moved by art or music that I think I have that weird thing where I will start talking about music and ideas, and the more absurd it will really make me emotional. I will literally be, you know, I've got to put this song because this will happen here. And I listen to the song and key changes and crescendos and I uh, or a line of lyric. And I will think, oh, this applies to me and my cat. Or yeah. to me, this will be fun for me and Mario to do. And that's really how it comes out. And then if you just have those big emotional moments somewhere, then you just put it back in with, oh, we got to get Tina Marie Lover Girl. You know what yeah. I mean? Then it becomes, oh, I've always, see, like I've always wanted to dance to ABC's How to Be a Millionaire. Yeah. You know, so if there's, you know, you'll find a place where it's like, oh, they found money. What's a money song? And then yeah. you go, all right, let's put that in there. So it really is about, it's like just putting together a good workout mix. Yeah, or like a party mix or a, yeah. you know, a mixtape. So again, you know, that's this thing yeah. those Broadway producers don't, you know, it's like, I know how to structure a soundtrack. Yeah. But it is one of those things, like, if, if I ever had, like, a legit job behind the scenes in, like, for movies, I would love to be, you know, uh, work on soundtrack compilations or, you know, music, music supervisors supervisor, yeah. or something. Because I, I you know... I, I've been a, we've been fans of music for a long time. Yeah. I think I've got as as lowbrow as my taste is. I've got pretty good taste in music. So, yeah. um I think it speaks. Oh, you know what? I have an idea because I I think a, a I have a soundtrack to one of your shows, and I know you can't sell them, but uh, you were nice enough to we give have me our one. ways around yeah. it. But I also thought having a Connie um, Spotify channel where oh, it's yeah. like Connie's mixes because I, I took a yoga class back east one time and I really liked the music and afterwards mm-hmm. the girl said oh if you like that it, I have a Spotify oh, yeah? playlist and I was oh, like fun. I can just take that home so well, you know I want to start doing that I don't want to be a DJ yeah. but I want to be the person that um, kind of just plays music yeah, you're before like a, the DJ a curator yes and I, yeah. I want to be like you know Hosted by Connie, playing yeah. Connie Jams 3 to 6. I think Connie Jams 3 to Connie 6. Connie Jams 3 to 6. I would show up, because every time I see your show, there's some song I forgot. Oh, yeah. That I love. I know. And Romance, I forgot about Romance 83 by yes. Irene Cara. <laughs> you know, if Irene Cara, why aren't they calling me? I've got four Irene Cara Georgia. I know. I just waiting to make you a million dollars on Broadway if someone would just call. I know. Um, I also love like we we have a lot of friends in common, but I feel like Connie's still I know left. (laughs) Are they still here? They're still here. We're like the only ones. But I feel like I feel like everybody gets excited about Connie, like the graphic designer Mark, or I I just feel like everyone. um, Well, it's your character, but it just feels like there's a community behind Connie. Yes, but those those real community guys are the guys that go apeshit for the showgirls choreography. Yeah. They love Nancy Allen trying to get away from the killer on right. the subway platform. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. like you look at like, let's just pause and it, talk it about... It just shoots right straight it, into it our It does, guts. because it's that thing of, you know, those why gay men relate to Carrie. Yeah. And it's because we were bullied and we always had that fantasy of, I'll get you one day, you just see. That's the same thing about whatever happened to Baby Jane. It's like, yeah. oh, you're the star now? Well, you just wait, bitch, because yeah. one day I'm going to be the star and you're going to be. And then it's like, well, you know, careful, we could all wind up, you know, insane. Yeah. But it's that, um, and, and like the Nancy Allen character, it's that just resilience. Or even like a Jamie Lee Curtis, like, 
how Michael Myers could be, uh, you know, you could see gay repression and stuff like that in that. Like, why do we like stalker films or serial killers? You know, it's, no, it's all about that lone survivor. It's like, you can't, you can't pin me down. I'm Jamie Lee Curtis at the end. I will, I will survive. Yes. The AIDS, you know, what, there are just so many parallels. And I think it's more that we're creative thinkers. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard thing. It's like, you know, because I can't have a conversation like that with my parents or my siblings. They'll never understand what I do. Yeah. They see the images on Facebook and it's what like, do they make unfollow. Of really? Well, I mean, I don't see, there, I can tell when communication breaks off. Yeah. And, but, you know, I have a good set of cousins that seem to be, you know, into it. or They roll know, with cool. it. They just roll with it. Yeah. And, and again, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just converse. It's all open for conversation, you know. All right. Let's do some questions from the observation deck. Okay. Um, do you collect anything? I'm looking around. That's I why know. I wanted to pick this one. Media. Yeah. And Debbie Harry is, is, Debbie has, is she your number one? Blondie. Well, those three yeah. shelves are all, those are all the albums, yeah. the books. I loved it. More books now. For, yeah, you know, are coming out. Um, all the films, concert tickets, forty fives. Yeah, the doll, and and I really love my film collection. I do. I mean, I don't know what I, I. I just have this idea that I'll be an old man, and I, if I'm surrounded by all this stuff, it will entertain me. Yeah, you know, because I pretty much entertain myself. That's awesome. Do you have any scars or tattoos with stories? I have this one scar on my leg that is weird because it can catch the light and I will still reflect it. And it's interesting because I, it happened when I was a kid and it also happened when we were at my school at Tallulah Academy and we were playing, we were emulating Friday the 13th or Halloween. <laughs> you were doing what we you normally do. We were doing do. what we normally do. And, you know, I was a kid that I had to play football because right. that's just what kids did. But I was really, really bad. And I never understood that, like, don't... if. Don't if they're bad. Don't make them play sports. You're yeah. setting themselves up for more ridicule. Right. Find them it, something that they're a, find something they're good at. Yeah. Well, I always thought, you know, of course, what I'm good at is being chased by the serial killer. So we were playing, <laughs> I don't know, serial killer, whatever. And this guy was coming at me. I don't remember who it was, but I stupidly ran up a fire escape staircase, right. got to the home ec door, and found the door locked. So then I'm at the door at the top of the staircase. And here comes the killer. And, of course, he realizes he's got me cornered, so he's walking really slow. So I did the best Jamie Lee Curtis, or maybe it was Kimberly Beck in Friday the 13th Part 4. I jumped over the railing, and there was a, uh, you know, an air, uh, air conditioning unit that was on the floor, surrounded by a little chain-link fence. And I hung off. And I jumped, but when I jumped, I missed, my fat ass missed the air conditioning vent, and I fell between the vent and the chain link fence, oh, and shit. my leg had gotten caught on the fence, oh. and one of the things had gouged a hole in my leg. Oh. But I remember thinking, like, it didn't hurt, and that was cool, yeah. like, I could survive, yeah, I could get up it. and you keep running. I'm ready, come yeah. after me, yeah. come on, what are you waiting for, Jennifer yeah. Love Hewitt? That's it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I Remember love her, looking up into those heavens and... Um, and her cleavage. I know what you did last summer. Yeah. She, all of her acting yeah. is from her hip. You know, she could have leaned forward. There was I'm a sorry, time love. In, there was a time in the 90s where I interviewed her like every other week. Uh, I interviewed honey, her so many magazines. They were going to make her a... Remember they tried to make her a pop star? <laughs> yeah. Girl. I liked her. She was nice. Listen, she's a nice girl and she's yeah. very talented, but yeah. I just never got it. I got it. Um, <laughs> what do your friends worry about with you? 
I don't think any of my friends are worried about me. That's good. I almost thought it was, listen, I thought it was dying a couple of weeks ago and my phone died and I was having to send emergency emails out. Right. Could someone please come pick me up and take me to the doctor? I don't have a car or a phone. Um, and yeah, well, someone did finally show up. Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll be all right. What's your biggest frustration? Um, God. Frustration? Oh my God. I guess, I think my biggest frustration is still communication with, you know, with my mom or family or something like yeah. that. It's, I also remember the show you did about that. Didn't You, you know, didn't, I thought it would silence a lot of the voices, but it didn't. Right. You know, which is unfortunate because I thought that that was a thing about writing and that's why I was like, I'm going to write I'm going to have a catharsis. This. I'm going to have a catharsis. And I did, and I, but I still, unfortunately, I still have to tell myself, like, stop having imaginary defensive arguments with your mother. But apparently, um, their opinion, I obviously still desire it holds something them to you. have a good opinion of yeah. me and I when someone doesn't understand what you do and when it is something as ludicrous as Connie or drag that not having a, a clear communication it sucks but that's you know it's always it would be about that whether it was legitimate theater or whatever right my mom my mom I, you know I love her dearly and she's very very funny but she would drive me crazy when she would come to see my summer stock shows because I would always be like oh you saw 42nd Street she goes yeah and I'd be like well what was your favorite part and she'd be like all of it I'd be like no but like of all of it what was like the highlight <laughs> all of it and it would just be that's that, so that not shock. who you are. I know, it's you're not, gonna have twenty favorite things. I would have you would get a very specific, very detailed yeah. because. But but you realize that you why and, and that's as an older man I question like why do I think like that and sh- and the people who bore me don't or maybe my brothers and sisters and I think a lot of it is from being holed up in your room yeah. just worshiping the TV and the TV programs and the that's what it is. It's yeah. just that knowledge of why. You know, Stephen Hawking can go on and on about what he goes on that other people don't think like that, or Albert Einstein. Any of your geniuses. I'm a mathematician. You are. Of pop culture. Now, you sort of had a a moment like this earlier, but what song makes you cry? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, when I did my last show, the last group that I really loved, that I literally bought every CD, every extended, every single, was a British girl group called Sugar Babes. I remember you talk about Sugar well, Babes I, a lot. I, I think you gave me a mixtape of that. Love them. I love them, and I felt like I, if I ever saw them in concert, but they were like one of those bands like Banana. Well, they never played America, but they were worldwide famous everywhere yeah. else, and I kind of respected that. That it's like I don't, you know, it's stressful enough because they kept replacing singers. Yeah. Could you imagine if they tried to do a tour of America, they would have killed themselves. Yeah. Um, but they had a. I I, I love. They had very big kind of Phil Spector, Trevor Hornish production. Right. It was very big and glossy. And sometimes I get very overwhelmed if something is produced really well. Right. So, like, a lot of that. But then there's... I lost my cat and... And you actually wrote about it in one of the shows. Yeah. You danced about it. And a lot of that... um, like this new Blondie album, you yeah. know, I would hear things in that that would remind me of that relationship. Or David Bowie had an album that came out right after 9-11 that, you know, when that all happened, the news broadcast kept playing that goddamn Enya song that... Or, or like Celine Dion, my heart... You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just going, 
why are you playing this? And then I would listen to David Bowie, who would be singing about, you know, glimmering lights over the south of... And I'm going, this sounds prophetic, you know? And it was so much deeper. Like, that album really touched me. It was called Heathen. Yeah. And I remember thinking about, you know, that. But all all kinds of things. Like I say, you know, I can put on something from Flashdance and and get really, really moved. I find the older I get, if something moves me, I can... I'm crying like it's yeah. it happens fast. It's menopausally. I don't know I what it is. I'm I'm really into that zone though, but yeah. I always know, you know, it's like even with writing, when I would write something and you just start crying, you always know like if you're crying about it, that's exactly what you need to expose right. because other people are going to be moved. There's by something there. And yeah. Yeah. You have a Debbie Harry tattoo on your arm. Mm-hmm. Did she actually sign it herself? She was there at the tattoo parlor yeah. signing a bunch in a notebook. I still have the notebook. Oh, that's um, amazing. So she did a lot of... She did that's Deborah cool. Harry, Debbie Harry. You know, she was very thorough. Good. Sweet, yeah. Just for you? Just for me, yeah, for my birthday. Oh, how did that happen? One years ago. Um, she was training at a gym that I worked at, and my girlfriend, Elizabeth Story, got her... Got the owner of the gym who trained Debbie, Brian Moss, to bring her to a tattoo parlor that was literally across the street. So you just met there? She signed her thing? Just met there. And, and then, then she went was on like, away. We heard the buzzer, and they were like, uh, they were like, John, it's Debbie Harry. She's coming up the stairs, and you know, we're just sitting there waiting and hearing footsteps coming up the stairs. And a friend of mine, because this was twenty over 20 years ago, had just gotten like the first mini DV portable camera and he was really into shooting everything and he wanted to shoot her really 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 bad and she let him and now she while, was just while you jeans. while she was doing the tattoo while she was just yeah she was just so kind of hanging out you captured that moment that's yeah, an amazing that moment yeah. yeah it was great it was really great she was lovely how cool yeah. that's so cool um let me see which what other questions oh what was the most who was your most influential teacher teacher or coach, uh, or a director, I, I, or was there somebody when you were young that made a difference? Well, I had a music director in church that was really influential because he um, played many instruments, and he also had a recording studio that he set up at the church. So it was kind of like, I got really into music, you know, then. I was always into music, but it was great being able to, you know, I could take a pop song in, he had a vocal eliminator, he would take the lyrics out add some stuff and would create like a track and stuff like we do today yeah know, that's amazing so that was great and uh and he was just i had the biggest crush on him he was just super cute he was just the nicest what was his man. name dan saint andre wow he yeah. sounds like a he sounds Isn't that glamorous like frenchy yeah i like that like that very cool guy where's the weirdest place you've ever seen your own image the weirdest place I've yeah ever... have you ever been somewhere oh. and then boom there you are and you're like wow that's I, weird listen I have weird things of, there was like a book that some photographer called porn, it was porno, porno graffiti or something, pornography right. or something. They had spelled it differently, but it was a book and, or, or they had had like, uh, what do you call it? An art show of the photographs. And this was when I lived in New York and my friends were like, we saw that photo of you in the show. What show? It's a... It's a shot of you from that play you did, making porn. You're nude. You're on all fours. And I was like, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, I, I don't know what you were talking It's you. And it was that, that thing of like, no, it's not me. No one ever. What do you mean someone took a photo? Well, it's you. And it's just like, it's not me. Stop saying that. And then I saw it, and it's unmistakable that it looks just like me. 
but it's not me. So I normally get. So people, you didn't do that porn. No, that didn't, didn't do that show. I did the play, but no yeah. one posed for pictures yeah. or shot a photograph from a performance or anything like that. But I always tend to find someone. Someone sent me a photograph of a socialite from the Upper East Side in profile laughing. She looked like Glenn Close, but she really looked like me. So I, and it was in like New York Magazine. I, I still don't have, I wish I saved that photograph because right. it blew my mind. So I more or less get recognized from photos that, that aren't, are that not aren't actually me. you. And it's usually like a, an yeah. Upper East Side socialite or a dirty porn star. The, the, that's sort of I don't your think cross I've section. I've seen my photo anywhere. Yeah. No, that's cool. I'm loving the Connie merch. And the, is this fan art? You have a picture yes. of Connie? Yes. Yeah. Have you gotten fan art? I mean, that's it. Yeah. I mean, this guy. I is, love the Connie coloring book that you did. Well, Amazing. This is, he's my favorite. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Topper Pop on Instagram. My God. I'm drawing a blank on his name. I hope he's not listening. That's all right. Uh, he's know. amazing. He saw one of my shows, but it was funny. It was at a festival, and they had all these other. It was like John Cameron Mitchell yeah. and Heloise and the Savoir Fair, Bridget, the funny comedian Bridget. Uh, she was one of the Dazzle Dancers with Mike Albo. Bridget Everett. Yeah. Bridget you have Everett. to know Bridget Everett. No, She's I know the so name. Yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were all this thing, and this guy was out in the audience. They were like, hey, is everyone having a great time? And I heard this, no. <laughs> and I went, who is that guy? He's got to come to my show. And, of course, he saw my show, did a whole art series, just blew his mind. Adrian, Adrian Carroll. Uh, and he did all the art for my Fade to Connie show. Oh, I love it. For my Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And my friend Chris Gallagher, who I was one of my first friends in New York, that was a Facebook profile picture. Yeah. And I was hardly even in drag. I just had the wig on and the sunglasses, and he was like, oh, I liked it. Connie in a box And for then travel. this girl, my friend Hannah, yeah. she's, she's amazing. She just sketched that freehand. So. Wow. It's cool that you're starting to get Connie I fan love art. fan art, and I, yeah. that's my, one of my favorite things yeah. about any production now. Yeah. I work uh, for my friend Brian Fuller, who did Hannibal and Pushy. Yes. The Hannibal fan art that he brings home from conventions is, is absolutely fascinating. And I think he's going to do, we're going to compile it and do like a big Oh, that would be book. awesome. So I, I do. And I think the Drag Race fan art is unbelievable. Yeah. So I love fan art. Yeah, fan Please art. You're a fan me, artist. Draw, do I, I love it. I, um, don't make me ask you or offer to pay you because <laughs> I, I don't want to pay. No, you shouldn't. I have just to. want you to be my fan and you're, to be you're inspired a by me. You're a muse, like Olivia. And I'm a muse. Yeah, um, I, you know what I've been saying a lot. What? I'm a chain. What Dolly Parton and Steel Magnolias oh, when yeah, he pulls yeah. her up to yeah. Truvies too. I'm a chain. I just love that. I'm a chain. It's like Kelly Pickler. <laughs> Don't you love her? I, do I was love on Kelly an American Pickler. Idol. I saw Blondie last night with a. I didn't know my friend Shirley was a huge American Idol fan. Yeah. So we were kind of going all about the, what the hell are they doing bringing it? They said goodbye and it's yeah. back. Boom. But like Naomi was, Judd. I know, but I they was... They keep threatening to go away and they never do. Yeah. Oh, God, um, the Judds. God bless them. Rasputin. Yeah. And Old Penny. How can people find out about your show? Uh, www.cavernclubtheater, not theater, E-R, not the classy way, dot com. Also, you can get direct tickets with Extreme. That's X T R E M E makeover, not E X. You know, like Xscape, Extreme right. makeover. Dot brown paper tickets. Dot com, or just show up. We'll get you in. 
No asses will be turned away. Love it, love it. And it's at the Camel Club and Theater. And it's just the hits. The, the 20... 28th, July? 29th, and 30th of July. Yeah. And I'm on Instagram, at Canty Pants, and Facebook. Love Connie has a fan page, and all the information is all over there. And if you've not seen a Connie show, you have to come, because like we've been saying, it's really hard to describe until you see it. And it is so brilliant... And it makes you feel really good. Well, this good. one isn't the brilliant show. Yeah. This one's the shill for money. This is just the hits. It's the hits, It has though. nothing, no storyline. It's all It's good. just the hits. But you're more apt to yeah. have me come out and assault you yeah. or maybe actually break the fourth wall and yeah. say something. Um, like, clap! God you know, damn I it. like to just look at them with a the suit. <laughs> clap! <laughs> at this point, it's a key change. Yeah. But you know, I always love to put the applause... On the soundtrack. Yeah, so they know. Uh, see, me and Mr. Dan just add that. You know what? I, I think we're going to have to put some applause here to help the audience along. Because, you know, they're stupid. Right. I think that's good. Yeah. you got to tell them everything. This is the last question, and it may not make any sense at all. How has Connie changed you? Well, it's just, it's given me uh, a venue or a, what is it? Not a venue. A platform mm-hmm. to create. Because, like I say, it's like, I could not have written a show. And what is... You know, what, again, without, I mean, they're interesting older gay men, but come on. I I just, I don't want to, what am I going to do? Seriously, what am I going to do if I can't do this? You know, I, I, what else can I do? What else can a performer like me do? Seriously. It's like a question you might ask Drew Drogi, you know, what, you know, what else are you going to do? We have to do absurd odd stuff. I think he has more legs than I do because he's a writer and he's also like very, very like there's some guys that can just zing off a one liner. Mm-hmm. I can do a one liner but it's it's usually going to come off, you know, like cruel, you know what I mean? Or it's going to be something so weird and so out of the norm that yeah. you might find it funny but I don't know if a general audience would which is why I think I'm best keeping yeah. quiet because someone like Drew who's or Sam Pancake who I consider friends and what do you call them contemporaries, contemporaries yeah. of you know um, yeah we're all just a little unique but those guys I believe are masters of language yeah. and I'm not I'm country I, do, I can't express myself with words you right. know but, but I think what you do with Connie is as sophisticated as what anyone else is doing with words and language and stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. there's an intelligence I, I to it, and it's so you. And that's why I think people that know you and people that don't love it so much. I'm thrilled to be able yeah. to tell a story. That's, yeah. That is what I'm most thankful for, is that I can create 45-minute shows and entertain people and yeah. just you know have a good time. And now at the Cavern Club Theater... People come upstairs afterwards, and you get to see them take pictures and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, this is really my last question. What's sh- what's your favorite thing to hear from somebody that just saw your show, or do you mem- have a memory of it, or just kind of what you what you hope that people get? I I mean, I'm always like the people that rush out of the theater. You know, yeah. I'm always like looking at them like, why are they leaving so fast? What is it? Yeah. You know, because I do think that I still maybe scare some people, or I don't right. know. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. someone brings their husband. Yeah. But I always like when someone <laughs> brings a husband, and you can tell the husband had a really good time. Right. And then we'll let himself, you know, like, shamelessly, you know, allowed to be flirted with or whatever. But I really do like the women that come up and the women who are empowered, because I don't like this, this anti this stigma that drag gets from some feminist types that think that it is 
female blackface or what I don't know what they're right that, that it's somehow to call it that it's somehow um, is insulting yeah. to women and I get where you're going from with the whole fish miss fish right. fish basket I, you know and I'm like I, that's old school I don't think really we well some they call it tilap fresh tilapia that's right. what that queen did on um, yeah. drag race. But I, I get how they can do it, but it's it's to me it's a celebration of our mothers because like I say, gay men, I did. I, I was with my mother all the time. Right. You know, so I watched her put on makeup. I loved watching her make the faces to do the lipstick and the mascara. Right. And I loved seeing what outfit she was gonna put together. So it's for me, I get to do all that and then I get to emulate, you know, Dorothy Stratton and Playboy or Anna Nicole Smith, you know, other women who, and then other women who were, like you say, more masculine, like a Tina Turner or even an Anna Nicole. I mean, Anna Nicole was over six foot tall. Right. That was like a drag queen, you know what I mean? So I, come on. And it's ridiculous. It's like, I'm sorry, if you can wear slacks, then I should be able to wear a dress and yeah. heels. It's not the same. Or, you know, all the, the what's the cultural appropriation like, right what Bo Derek come on she looks good in the cornrows and if you can have Farrah Fawcett flips young lady yeah <laughs> in your you know t- if Tamar Braxton can have the Farrah Fawcett blonde <laughs> flip well Connie can have a cornrow look and you know I should be able to get away with that right yeah I don't get fat you know when that it's fashion we should all yeah. culturally appropriate all of that we should mix it all up I have a suggestion for you and you may have already done it which yes. may be why I know it but I want you to recreate the Charlie commercial, but it, oh, and it's here now. Connie, Connie, yes, right. Remember that song? Well, I loved her little kind of free, kind of wow, Connie. But you know the one that I serious. Well, actually, you're we're getting you know you're we're, <laughs> we're getting, getting into, into the weeds. Love, no, we're getting into Love Connie 3D. Oh, which is going to be about the evil advertising which, agency, which is just going to be Nessie. What? See how I'm giving you? Yes, I'm giving the world my idea. Right, years before I've even done it. So I love you. That. Ha- you have an opportunity to see if you can do it better than me, but you won't because you can't get inside my brain. But I do. I want to do a show kind of based on Looker and Videodrome and yeah. Stepford Wives where Vicky is obsessed with auditioning for the 3D agency and she keeps turning the television on, but it's that Halloween 3 commercial that's yeah. like, three more days to Halloween and it's the cat <laughs> just doing that and I keep turning the TV off and she keeps turning it back on and finally it's like, all right, we'll just go down there and audition, <laughs> goddammit. So she auditions and I wanted to do Debbie Reynolds' tap number from okay. What's the Matter with Helen, okay. which no one shared that. No one shared that when she died. They would share something from seeing it. Yeah. I know we're out of town, but I'm going to talk really quick. Like no, we're not out of time. I love the, well, this. This is what I love is that it's genius, like these references. Well, and I'm giving you, this is how I create the show. So yeah. it's like she will have to do a tap number that Debbie, uh, Debbie, Debbie Reynolds did to... Uh, Goody Goody, that old 40s yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, It's one of the greatest numbers ever. And I know uh, Jennifer Dawn, who plays Vicky, will be able to do it because she's a master and a tap dancer. But as Vicky's auditioning... Vicky is John's cat. My cat. Connie's yes. cat, played um, by a dancer. And as she's auditioning, I want to have this really exotic, you know, evil, like, you know, head of the advertising agency just kind of be looking at Connie and it'll be like no I'm, I'm just here for my daughter oh she's gonna pull you know, a Leroy like, exactly she's it's gonna like, pull no, no, a no. Leroy at the audition well, she winds up you know and then they wind up you know all of the numbers will basically be based around Price is Right incidental like <laughs> bah 
with a refrigerator yeah. Yeah. here and it's just like wow if we could somehow just get Vicky's face on Connie's body yeah. we would have the ultimate spokes model yeah. and they create the Connie Vicky which then becomes this you know it's this thing of, and it's like Robocop do you know that scene in Robocop when the Robocop shows up and it's like you don't move and everyone's like um well, uh, uh, over there no 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 and then he's blown to bits yeah I want to do that so I love it I'm in the That's Connie Vicky and Connie. then you could market them like little dolls oh a doll yeah figure. well it could be like a, you could take off the Vicky head and put a Connie head the sky's the limit have fun. you done anything with fembots yet like bionic woman no fanbots. and I was also a friend of mine was also talking about Connie-topia oh which would be all sci-fi and I would yeah. be like well I've always wanted to do an anti-gravity opening credits to Barbarella <laughs> yeah you know and do like a strip and um, wait, what did you just say? Uh, fembots. fembots. I was thinking of the. Remember the dolls that were biting Jane Fonda and Barbarella? Oh yeah, they're screaming. Yeah. I like those. So, so many yeah, things you could do. So many ideas. Well, and I've still never done Love Connie Two Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, I which want is that the one too. Set in the Turkish prison with <laughs> uh, Giorgio Moroder uh, Tangerine Dream soundtrack. Oh, I love the way so your mind it. works, and I love Connie's show, and I can't wait to see Connie Greatest Hits Volume Two. Thank you so much, John. You're welcome. Yay! Bye. Many thanks to John Cantwell for the fun chat. I hope to see you at his show. It's next weekend, July 28th through the 30th, and you can learn more at cavernclubtheater.com. All right, so this happened. It was Outfest here in Los Angeles, the Gay Film Festival, and I caught several screenings, and I will share some highlights with you. Um, I saw a film Tom, called Tom of Finland about the artist Tom of Finland, who was famous for the very homoerotic, macho uh, images and art. And um, going in, I think I thought it was a documentary, but it was actually a, a narrative feature, and I really enjoyed it. I found his story really interesting. The filmmaking was was good. The, you know, it was rich and, and uh, expensive-looking, and I was quite moved by it in, in the end. So keep an eye out for Tom of Finland. I really enjoyed it. And I also saw... A documentary about Armistead Maupin, the author of the Tales of the City books, that I believe was called The Untold Tales of Armistead Maupin, and it's terrific. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I've been a fan of his for a long time, but I just thought the documentary really captured not just his story, but what was bigger than him about it and the way it connected with people, and it was really well made. And there are these cool little um, kind of like... Uh, graphics that appear that look like his book covers and they make me so happy to watch those graphics every you know different section of the movie I want my whole life to be illustrated by those graphics but I don't think that's a thing that people can have but anyway and then I saw Bad Movie Night they do this thing Bad Movie Night uh, it was Can't Stop the Music because they were kind of tying it into the Alan Carr documentary which we discussed in a previous podcast and Can't Stop the Music is so fucking bad um, but it was still fun. You know, they had a panel, Dave Holmes, Drew Drogi, um, who's hilarious. I can't remember everyone else. There was Calpurnia Adams and Alexander Billings from Transparent. And I think it was really delicious to have uh, two trans women um, going, riffing, if you will, on Bruce Jenner in the film and Caitlin today. Um, that was kind of delicious. But my thing with, you know, I always take away something new from that awful movie. 
first of all, I, that the, the numbers are fun to watch. You could watch them forever. That YMCA is a classic. But then there are like five, four or five sort of like blousy, middle-aged character actress parts. And I'm all for, you know, giving women of a certain age roles, but I kept getting them confused. And I was like, what was Alan Carr's deal? Like, they all seemed like the waitress in Greece that worked at the diner. And then there was more of them than I needed. There was a lot more of them than I needed. Um, but it was still fun. And um, I would tell you to watch it, but man, it is just, it's no Xanadu. You know, I'll just put it that way. All right. That's all we got this week, but uh, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye!